So Ichiro Suzuki was the best one that came on my mind. I did think of Randy Johnson, but obviously Dick Buckus was a great call for you, Eric. Hey, can I give out a shout-out to another guy uh, that I covered back in the day when I was covering the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Lofa Tutupu? Yeah, that, he's actually on my Absolutely list. Absolutely you can. That's a good That's a good shout-out there. Yeah. Lofa Lofa was big coming on my mind, although he came to my mind a little late in the game. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for joining us, and we appreciate you for making time for us. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me a couple of different places, uh, obviously on Twitter, Eric underscore D underscore Williams. And you can also find me at the four-letter ESPN at the Chargers NFL Nation blog. Okay, well, that's good stuff. We hope to have you a couple times during the season. So, once again, I really appreciate you for, make, for making time for us. So yeah, the, no big story, the big story of the week, guys, was Andrew Luck obviously retiring over the weekend. Some of the fans heard about it prior to him having his uh, press conference. And I, the the thing that immediately came to my mind is although the fans kind of gave him a hard time, there was a lot of, you know, I was hurt. So he wanted to tell you I was a big Andrew Luck fan, and I kind of thought he was quitting on the team. And I just wow. couldn't help. I can't help but differentiate what happened, what Ricky Williams did, I think a week before the season started, and what yeah. Andrew did two weeks before the season started. Am I wrong for having this opinion? You guys tell me what your thoughts are, but that's the way, that's the immediate immediate thing that comes to my mind is he quit on the team weeks before the season started. Well, I mean, weren't the circumstances different, though, with Ricky than, than with, with Andrew? There were some differences, yes. Yes, there were some differences. However, it was a, they both walked away from the game. Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't – you know, I don't recall exactly what the circumstances were with Ricky. Um, I think for me, there's a lot we don't know about with the Andrew Luck situation in terms of the extent of the injury, how long he's been dealing with the injury, and the satisfaction of which the injury was handled by the organization. So because of that context that we don't know about, it's hard for me to judge whether or not he really quote-unquote, quit on the team. Um, this is a guy that has played football at a high level, you know, both in college and, and, and in the pros. He's obviously dealt with his share of injuries. Um, he's a guy that seemed to love football. Um, but I can understand, I guess, the the initial perception that he quit on the team based on everything that's been reported around, around luck and, and the circumstance and the timing of it, although it seems like the organization kind of was moving along thinking that this was a possibility because, you know, Jacoby was, was getting a lot of the rest, was getting all the rest because Luke right. wasn't practicing. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't view it that way, and I guess part of the reason I don't view it that way is, is I'm around these guys day in and day out, and I kind of see the struggles they go through just to get on the field for game days and all and their high tel- uh, pain tolerance level and, and playing through a lot of stuff that we would just get up and go to work for. They're actually going and playing a game. So, you know, hey, if, they, if he wants to walk away, whenever it is, um, you know, I, I don't feel like he owes me any kind of uh, explanation or response. I mean, you know, the, the game moves on. I mean, you know, they've, we've had Hall of Fame players retire at different points 
in their career or, or when the season was there. And, uh, you know, you just keep it moving. This is just the exact uh, mature perspective that we this show might need, Eric, so I appreciate you bringing that. Well, now, for the speculation immaturity part, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Go say, ahead, Cam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that he – he kind of left the team in the lurch, man. I'm a, I'm very familiar with with Andrew Luck and his work. And the the second thing after I thought about him quitting on the team was XFL. Please, Juan, did that come to your mind at all? <laughs> the XFL did not come to my mind at all. Um, what really came to my mind was the timing of it all. And I think that if he would have said, you know, or rather would have, incurred this injury, like, let's just say April or May. And it said, you know, I just don't want to go through this a whole, you know, other session again and retire then, then people will be perfectly okay with it. The timing of it is what really irks people. But at the same time, like Eric was saying, football players have a threshold and a tolerance for pain that is, beyond what regular people can really understand. And so if someone says, hey, I just really, I just can't do this anymore, and if you're talking about guys like a Rob Gronkowski and an Andrew Luck, although, you know, just in fun, you and I, Cam, have been going back and forth about Andrew Luck for several years, but this guy played with a lacerated kidney, man, in a football game with 300-pound men rushing at him as, you know, as fast and ferocious as they can. So if he's tapping out, you just have to you have to respect that. It can't be like, oh, man, I don't understand why he's tapping out. It, well, it's got to be uh, more uh, than that, and, and it, it's the timing that bothers everybody. It's not the fact that he's tapping out, because obviously his body is telling him something that you don't know, but because it happened – a week before the season started, it just seems more horrible than it really actually is. Well, that, well, that very that very well may be the case. I'm looking at him a little harshly just because it's a couple of weeks before the season started. And, and as being a Dolphin fan, I know what I felt like when uh, Ricky Williams walked away. And I, again, Eric, that might have been a, the circumstances were slightly different. Ricky was facing uh, potential suspension or in penalties where Andrew Luck is walking away to, to protect, protect himself. Every man it, sounds has like, right. it sounds like you were salty on both counts. Well, I was, fans of both, I was a fan of them both, and Cleveland would tell you that we had <laughs> about Andrew Luck and his production, and uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Andrew Luck, I, I thought, was a spectacular quarterback, and I expected big things from him. So it, 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 it's kind of surprising that, that he, is, he is actually walking away. Where I expect – I don't think we'll see Andrew Luck. I say XFL jokingly, but I don't think we'll see him playing again if he's come to this conclusion um, a couple of weeks before the season. I think we'll see Rob Gronkowski again. Um, what do you guys think on that? And then I got another comment if you guys saw his uh, 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 what was his conference yesterday? His yeah. his, his, his making for the team. Um, if you saw that. I got a comment about that, but do you guys think we'll see Gronk again? Uh, I, I'll jump in real quick. I do think we'll see Gronk, and I, I think we'll do that because I think Gronk's going to get bored before Luck is. 
And, and I think Gronk, just by watching that video, he seemed to be kind of going through the process of thinking about whether he not whether or not he wanted to come back while he was talking. Yeah. Um, so for me, I feel like once Gronk is kind of back to feeling like his normal self and has done all the partying all across the globe and has done a couple B-level movies, um, I think he'll want to play. For me, luck is just – luck can do anything. I mean, he's such a uh, a smart, well-read individual. He can make a contribution on so many different types of levels. I think he's just somebody that wants to get on with his life and, and do bigger things beyond beyond football, in my opinion. I, I could be wrong about that, but just kind yeah. of seeing the guy he is, the type of man he is, went to Stanford – not every dude could get a Stanford, you know. Um, right. I, I just think that there's there's bigger things that he wants to do. Yeah, and I, I, I'd agree with that. How about you, Cleveland? What do you think? Uh, you know, when I think about the Gronk thing, what I think about is um, it's, it's a very slippery slope. Because when you get multimillionaires that are out of the realm of what it is that they did to become multimillionaires, um, they kind of forget what it takes to be hungry like that. Um, I'll just make a quick analogy. It, it, it may or may not resonate with you guys, but Carmelo Anthony sitting out for an entire year, when you're a multimillionaire, you just have multimillionaire habits. You know what I'm saying? And so getting back into that, like, I just want to go get into the gym and, you know, lift for five hours a day. It's like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> However, football players are wired a little bit differently, and so their level of competition, and then they have kind of a tendency to kind of compare themselves against the, you know, the contemporaries of their time. And so they're like, you know, I can do that. I mean, you saw Jason Witten. He took a year off, and he was like, yeah, the box is not that cool. Yeah, I can still play, man. You know, maybe I did like a little bit of a rest, and now my body feels better, but I can still play, man. I don't really want to be up here in the booth. Football players are wired a little bit differently, so it wouldn't surprise me if Grant came back eventually. But I think that this kind of, you know, refresher tour, if you will, um, will be good for him. And at the earliest, it would be next year. The the Witten analogy was much better. Um, like you say, Eric, I think Gronk would be kind of bored after a little while and wanted to get back on the field, want to have the fans screaming for him once again. But in listening to him talk yesterday, there was a couple things that caught my eye or caught my attention, but the most important thing was saying he just didn't want to do it anymore. I'm like, cut the crap, man. Isn't that how most people feel when they have to get up and go to work in the morning? I just don't want to do this anymore. So for him to whine and almost come to tears, I, I thought was a, a, a lot of it disingenuous. Um, can, can, I, can I, Cam, Cam, can I, can I interject real quick? Please do. Yeah, he said he was sleeping like 15 to 20 minutes a night because his thigh was in so much pain that he couldn't actually go to sleep. So I think that's a lot different than someone just not wanting to go to work and answer customer service calls. He, he he literally cannot sleep. He was in so much pain. Okay, that's that, that's fair. 
Eric is going to agree with you on this one. I already know that. I would I would agree with him on that. You know, the, the, the stuff that they go through to, to try to make it on the field on a regular basis is, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that we just don't know about, I guess. That's all I can really say about that. Um, sure. So I, I, I commend them on that. So, well, in the safety aspect of the NFL has been kind of focused on here the last couple of years, Eric, what are the, what are we going to do with these preseason games? Are we going to narrow it down to two games? Are they going to extend the rosters? We have four yeah. preseason games that is is kind of at least two of them are unnecessary. Yeah. I don't I don't think the, they need an to- entire month, but I agree that they need some time for preparation. I'd like to see a couple weeks of preparation anyway. That gives us a better product once the season begins. But what do you think can be done about the preseason to make this better, or are there any talks about this? There will be talks about it. I've already talked to people within the league, and and they're going to figure out something. But, you know, it's the NFL, and so getting them to change is like, you know, moving an aircraft carrier. I mean, it takes so long for the process to get where it needs to be. You're right. Two games is probably right for preseason. Um it probably will be three, you know, in the league because they still have to figure out, you know, where they're going to make up that revenue. And, and right. are they going to play 17 games instead of 16 to make up for the preseason game that they get rid of? Um, right. And I think if you talk to coaches, um, they still feel like they need a couple preseason games to be able to evaluate some of those end-of-the-roster guys, uh, see them in live action. And that's the thing. You know, a lot of coaches talk about the joint practices and how they're able to get a lot of good work um, right. against the other teams. You know, the Chargers practice against the Saints and the Rams, two teams that are in the NFC Championship game. So high-level talent, and you're able to see your guys work against them. But it's still fun. It's still not real football, in my opinion, because you can't bring the guy to the ground. So a lot of those those collisions that you would see in a regular game, you don't see in a joint practice. And to me, that could, that could mess with your evaluation. Um, so I still think you need to play live games so you can correctly assess, you know, the talent that you have on on your team. Um, now, does, does it need to be four? Probably not. Two, to, in my mind, is, is correct, but I think it's probably going to be three. I would think next year. Yeah, that makes that makes much better sense. And again, for this type of insight, Eric, thank you. That's why we brought you on. Now, um, can you give us your takeaways? Uh, now we know you're with the Chargers, with the Chargers day in, day out, as you mentioned, do you have time to see what other players are doing, what other teams are doing throughout the league, or is your assessment through some of your conversation with your buddies? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I, during the preseason, I try to watch as many games as possible just because I, I feel like it gives you a good feel for other rosters and potentially other other teams that may be stacked at a certain position where the team that you cover is, is thin and maybe there's a possibility of, of trade or, or roster cuts where they could pick a guy up. So, yeah, I do try to watch as much as I can, but obviously I don't watch all 32 teams. Um, sure. Some teams I'm more familiar with than others. Obviously I'm familiar with the teams in the AFC West. I'm familiar with the Seahawks because, you know, I covered them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably good on about half the teams, I think, in the league. Okay. All right, so within that, what's been some of your biggest takeaways from this preseason? Um, good question. Um, 
you know, I got to see the Saints up close, and to me, I think they're a team that can challenge for the Super Bowl because they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I think Drew Brees is still a guy that can get it done uh, from the quarterback position, um, and I think they're well coached. Um, but for me, I think just watching the Saints up close for those two days and the type of talent that they have, particularly on the O-line and D-line as well, which is, you know, where the game's won, O-line, D-line, quarterback. Uh, was impressed with with the Saints and and, and how they were playing, um, and 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 the Rams as well. Got to watch the Rams. Um, their 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 dynamic on offense. If Gurley can come back and be the Gurley of old and, and play like he did a couple of years ago, um, with the way that they're built defensively, again, I think they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat the NFC. And I think just the NFC overall, when you look at you know, the Seahawks are obviously in that conversation as well. Chicago, uh, Philadelphia, um, Dallas. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC. The NFC stacked. I, I, I think um, there's going to be a lot of good games week in and week out in the NFC. And I, I just think the talent level is a little more, is a little better in the NFC than the NFC. Okay. All right. Cleveland, you got, you want to follow up with anything there? For sure. You know, being a native of the 206, you know, I followed the, the Seattle Seahawks uh, most closely in the preseason. And in preseason, it's a little bit difficult to kind of assess what other teams are doing. I mean, you can kind of see certain hey, players kind me, of making Let me interject right here. Let me interject. Well, why don't you tell us about D.K. Metcalf real quick, why, why that came to my mind. Have you heard anything from Metcalf? Did he play, Did he play on Saturday, uh, Eric? No, I think he's still injured. Oh, all right. N- never mind. Well, let's continue about somebody who makes a difference. And I'm sorry, Cleveland. Okay, thanks so much for interjecting that. And that will come back to haunt you a little bit later in the season. Eric, you will find out. Uh, please continue to, to follow our uh, our podcast and kind of see where this kind of unfolds, kind of what he was trying to allude to earlier. It will blow up in his face. But anyway. Yeah, I, I wanted to hear you talk about it because I picked him up on one of my fantasy teams. So, I mean, I just. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, DK Metcalf is a physical freak, and they already have, you know, uh, plays, you know, what, two plays for him. For him. So he's going to be perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to be a difference maker, and it's going to come back to haunt you. So sorry, Cam. But where I was going with my original uh, thought process was it's kind of hard to assess other preseason games from teams that you don't follow a lot because they're just players and you're just kind of looking for kind of big plays and you kind of want to see what happens. And if someone all of a sudden, you know, is blowing up like, oh, my gosh, let me think about him for my fantasy team. However, when you really follow a team like Eric follows the Chargers and kind of has a little bit of a, you know, uh, you know, pulse here in the 206 following the Hawks, you know, from previous experience, I was not very happy with week two. I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team after what I had seen against the the Vikings. The way they played against the Chargers, they just mauled them at the line of scrimmage. (laughs) They are so, so committed to the run. And they have so many backs that are like, okay, as soon as you fall asleep for 20 million turns, as soon as you turn your ankle too much, um, and have to miss a quarter, it's going to be my job. And everybody wants it, and everybody is committed to it. 
I was very impressed with the chemistry that Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson had after, you know, Doug Baldwin is, uh, you know, unfortunately had to retire. And um, I'm a lot more optimistic about the Seahawks, especially offensively, than I was previously. Um, so that would be the biggest takeaway that I would have from the preseason. Would you agree, Eric, that that offensive line has improved? They, they definitely put it on the Chargers last week. I, I agree with them on that. Although, you know, i got to mention that, you know, the Chargers weren't playing five of their starters defensively, but still um, their commitment to the run, which is, which is you know, what Pete wants to be able to control the, the ball um, and, and, and limit the, the amount of time that the other team has the ball offensively. And then, you know, I, I think Metcalf is kind of the receiver that Carroll has been trying to get since he's been there. You know, it started with Mike Williams, you know, bringing him in and giving him a second chance. He's always looking for that big physical X receiver that can go up and win contested catches, and, and perhaps Metcalf can be that guy working opposite of, of Lockett and give him a nice one-two punch uh, at receiver to go along with uh, that potent running game that they, they put on display last week. So what, what's your what, – what are you being told about Metcalf? Is he going to be that guy? Can he run more than two routes in the, in the route tree? Will he be a productive receiver in 2019 for the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I mean, does he really need to run more than two routes? I mean, a lot of guys have been pretty successful in the league, and how many routes did Randy Moss run? I mean, he basically just ran by dudes. So if you have that ability to run by people um, and physically can, can take the ball away and make explosive plays, um, and I think you, you know, you, you work him in the packages to start, and then he continues to, to you know, become a, a polished receiver uh, while he's there. You just, you just invoked the name of Randy Moss. When we're I'm not about saying him. he's Randy Moss. I'm just saying, Randy Moss didn't run across the middle because he wanted to get hit. I mean, come on now. All right, all right. Well, we'll we'll see how this how this breaks down. And then speaking of this uh, Seahawks Chargers game of the weekend, unfortunately there was an injury where your guy, Carlier White, got injured. Right? He, was it sprained ankle? On um. Uh, no, it's actually Denzel Perryman sprained his ankle, but returned the game. Perryman sprained the ankle. White did. There wasn't. He didn't get injured. I don't want to. No, I don't, I don't think White was injured. I don't even know if he played okay. very much. To be honest. How did their linebackers look to you on on Saturday? And then, obviously, they get 185 rushing yards. Yep. Is that line safety? Is that just uh, everybody didn't start? I get that. So, mm-hmm. most of the start game. Was, was that a bad combination? What, what do you think that went on? Or just was Seattle that much committed to the run game, which it obviously was apparent that they were? Um, I think they're getting pushed off the ball a little bit. So that's definitely who the guys were up front, um, which, you know, were, were basically their, their second unit because Bosa and Ingram didn't play along with Mibe didn't play at nose. Um, so that's part of it. Um, you know, linebacker play was uneven. I think they had a lot of missed tackles, uh, guys not getting to the football. So, no, okay. it's, it's concerning, I think, if you're the Chargers, to, to watch your D play like that. And you're Gus Bradley. You're looking at that film and going, man, we need to – we need to figure that out, even though it's not your full complement of defense. There's still some starters out there. Um, and the secondary, you know, again, Lockett was, was, was putting in work 
against that secondary, which is supposed to be one of the better secondaries in the league. Um, so, yeah, you did, there's some things to fix for sure if, if you're your guest problem. Yeah, without James, I, th- I think they're still a, kind of a work in progress. Yep. Messed, messed up their scheme for a minute. Um, is there any um, – before we let you go, is there any surprise teams that you would see in, in the NFL or the Raiders or the Cardinals from just from what you're – um, from what you've seen so far in the preseason, anybody surprising you that we should be uh, keep our eye on during the season? Um, two teams. I, I, Raiders are a hot mess. I just I don't the okay. whole a, the AB thing. I just think it's, it's I think it's too much. Yeah. Um, I like them, you know, because I like I think the quarterback if he just comes and, and is consistent and makes makes the plays that he needs to make at the end of the game. Because of their defense, I think they could they could be a sleeper in the AFC West. And then the other team that nobody's talking about, but they should be talking about, is Jacksonville. With that defense that they have, okay. they have they have a lot of talent on the defense side of the football. And I I love Nick Foles. I just think he's a uh, he's a clutch dude. So they have a quarterback now. So we have quarterback yeah. that that kind of defense. To me, that that's the team to watch for uh, in the South. Okay. All right, I'll take that, and I can I can see them Jacksonville rebounding and having the confidence with a a quality quarterback on that side of the ball. So I can see that team rebounding. So that was a good call there. Uh, you want to make any predictions? Uh, you talked about the Rams and the Saints being uh, pretty two good looking teams in NFC. You want to yeah. make any predictions or? Yeah, NFC? I'll make I'll make a Super Bowl prediction. What do you um, got for? Me? I think we're gonna get the Super Bowl next year that we should have got last year. So I'm going Saints and Chiefs. Oh, wow. How about that? That's crazy. They're going to score like 120 points combined. <laughs> okay. Eric, I got, the, I got the Chiefs and the Saints as well. I got the Saints beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Okay. I'll roll with that. Um, uh, Cleveland got the Bears. He got the Bears over the Rams in the championship game. So, with yeah. the way that whole kicking competition's going, you just know that that dude's gonna miss some kicks, right? At some point, like that's just been crazy. I know that is the that is the wild card, Eric. That is the wild card if they can get the special teams under control. But yeah, if you just miss random forty-seven yard kicks, you know, down by two, yeah, then things could go differently, differently. Eric, we want to thank you again. Uh, let the people know one, once again where they can find you, sir. Yeah, again, you can hit me up on Twitter, Eric underscore D underscore Williams, and you can read my stuff at the ESPN NFL Nation blog, Chargers. So I got one more one more complaint. Well, not even complaint, but a little debate, Eric. We got a couple more days to find out who Anthony Lynn picks. And I saw you have him taking Cardell Jones and trying to put uh, Ethan Stick on the – Practice yep. squad, huh? Yes. That, well, I, think I, I think Jones has played better than Stick. I know some people believe that Stick, if he was waived, would be claimed by another team. That's certainly a possibility. Um, I just think Cardell has outplayed Stick when you watch practice and games. Um, but I could certainly understand if they would want to keep their fifth-round pick as well. So uh, I have to ask you, Erica, in just watching the game, now, Cardell, he's been efficient. He's mm-hmm. been playing quarterback position pretty efficiently. 
So yeah. when Sid came in the game, there was a change in aura. There was a change in the motiv- in the assertiveness of the offense. Now, okay. they're playing against third and fifth. I, I was going to bring that up. He's playing he's against guys that aren't going to be in the league. So he doesn't get any credit for moving the ball downfield, putting his team in position to score touchdowns. That's what he did when he got on the field. If he didn't do, if he didn't do that, I, I kind of, okay, he should have been able to move the ball against these guys, but yeah. he got in the ball. That that would be my concern, uh, my, uh, you know, my debate there with the stick versus uh, Cardell. He actually played the position, so I, I can't see what, what throws he's not missing or what throws he should have made. I can, I just know when he got in there, he moved the ball. That's what I saw. No doubt, and that's one of the reasons I liked him when they made the pick because of his ability to just throw the pocket, to scramble and get out and, 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 and just really uh, move the team. Um, but he did struggle um, in the game before that, um, you know, through a couple bad picks. Um, okay. So his play has his been uneven. Um, but you're right, he, he's a baller. He, he's got that Russell Wilson quality about him where he's just able to, to make something out of nothing and, and – and do some things that you really um, can't coach. Yeah. All right, Eric. Well, thank you once again, big guy. Appreciate you for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you, hopefully see you in a couple weeks, big guy. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks for having me again, guys. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Eric. Hello, fans. Cameron here. I want to talk to you guys about the L.A. News Observer and their group of newspapers that cover the Southern California market. They have papers in Bakersfield, Los Angeles, in the Valley, San Fernando, and San Gabriel. This paper is filled with talented writers, content that covers everything from sports, to politics, to current events. The website is www.ognsc.com. That's the LA News Observer. You can find it at www.ognsc.com. All right, once again, Cleavon, it is week 51. Let's talk about the, the number 51, some, some weird facts about the number 51. First of all, it's a lucky number. The first time I heard this was doing my research. But then our super secret area, 51, do you know what state that's in? New Mexico, my friend. If it's so super secret, how does everybody else know about it? That was the first thing that come come to my mind when I'm doing a little research here, coming up with number 51. Fun fact, how can we call it super secret and everybody knows about it? I, I I don't get that. Um, sir, we had some fun things happen over the weekend. Obviously, we're getting back in the NFL season, but the NBA has captured our hearts and minds all year long. Toronto Raptors winning the NBA Finals. Kawhi Leonard deciding where he's going to return. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Leonard deciding where they're going to go. Boogie Cousins signing with the Lakers. He unfortunately went down and they brought in Dwight Howard to return to your Lakers. I've I've yet to see any banners saying, welcome back, Dwight. Any billboards that said, welcome back, Dwight, because they had the billboards, Dwight, please don't go, please stay. So I, I, 
I don't know that that love is still there, but uh, what do you, Chief Laker fan, think of Dwight Howard returning to the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, I think it's so comical and it's another reason for me to enjoy this season. But what do you think about Dwight Howard and his return to your Los Angeles Lakers? Not happy, Cam. Um, I, I definitely wanted the two other alternatives to have an opportunity to, you know, beat him out and show a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously, if you're just looking at all three resumes, you know, in front of you, the Dwight Howard resume looks much more impressive. But just physically and mentally at this point in all of their careers, I was hoping that um, one of the other two alternatives would, would be the choice. However, it wasn't. So that means that the Lakers did their due diligence, and that's, that's all we can do is, uh, you know, kind of plug and play for a minute and see what we can come up with. Did you just say Lakers and due diligence in the same sentence, sir? Lakers in due diligence with regards to this particular scenario <laughs> where they had to find the center, and it was between Gortat and Joaquin <laughs> Noah and Dwight Howard. So they brought all three of them in, they worked them out, and they did their due diligence. Yes, I believe they did their due diligence on this. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we, like I said, we're going to see how that goes on. Um, I will say, lucky for them, Kuzma, and I, you guys have heard me say this for probably the last three weeks, but Kuzma looks special in the playing for the World Cup team, although he just recently twisted the an ankle and they sent him home. I think he got enough out of the World Cup that he'll heal up before media day at the end of September, and he'll be ready to go when the season starts. But we also saw the World Cup lose to Australia last week. Can the U.S. team win this World Cup, do you think? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, there's definitely quite a bit of, uh, you know, stiff competition out there, and we clearly don't have our best team, um, you know, kind of after the Boston Celtics with, uh, you know, Kemba and Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. It, it's, I'll take that back. Also, Donovan Mitchell. It will be hard to name anybody else that's really on the team that you would really consider someone that's like, going to be a productive player in the NBA next season. So, yeah, there's not a lot of it's not a lot of talent, a lot of uh, B-tier talent. I still have confidence that they can win it, but wouldn't be surprised if they, if they lost one, if they dropped one. Well, they dropped one last week. Do you think – you don't think they can win at all, huh? You know, that was kind of an exhibition game, and, you know, Australia played out of their mind. and you know, that's, that's great. You know, those kind of things can happen when you don't have a legitimate A-tier superstar anchoring your team and you're playing, you know, international basketball. Those things can happen. Um, it shouldn't happen too often considering how much talent is in the NBA, but also when you have 90% of your talent, you're not participating in it, then you just have to live with, you know, whatever the results are. Um, there are some other international teams that are pretty strong, um, and will, you know, try and play the game of their life. And if, you know, the USA, for whatever reason, isn't clicking, it's a possibility, but I still consider them the favorites. Okay. And uh, speaking of favorites, you know, we have the big three championships this weekend. 
who would you who would be your favorite to win this championship? Or are you are you watching the big three? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I did not know that we had gotten all the way to the championship game of the big three finals, so I'm not familiar with who the participants are. If you could tell me who the participants are real quick, I'll give you a winner. Oh, you can pick a winner just like that? Just like that. Well, we're gonna we're gonna test your uh your picking and prognosis knowledge here very shortly. We're gonna talk about that here. But um are you ready? Let's see if I can Yeah, I'm ready that. to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's in the big three championship, but uh, given uh, the rosters, yeah, I will be able to pick a winner. So let me see. I have the big three championship, three-headed monsters. Um, They're in the championship, it looks like, against, what is this, Power? Corey McGetty, Katina Mubley, Glenn Davis, Carlos Boozer, Julian Wright, Jeremy Pargo. That's power. And they're playing Gary Payton, Gary Payton squad, Rashard Lewis, Reggie Evans, Mahmoud Abdul-Rahu, Larry Sanders, Mario Chalmers, Rodney Carney, and then coach Gary Payton. Yes, that team will win. The Gary Payton team will win the championship. Look at you. You're going to be watching that that team will win a championship? Yes, sir. We'll be there there in the house to check it out, hopefully. But the big three championship, I mean, the big three has taken on and become more than anybody I think truly anticipated it would. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. Um, I think they're just like one step away from getting that mm, a few more B-tier players to really take it seriously um, and get kind of competitive, a little bit more familiar names, a little bit better talent, um, and they'll be good to go. It, it's it's just a matter of kind of, you know, poking at people and kind of, you know, trying to get them to stay in shape throughout the season and kind of have okay. something to play for that kind of means something, you know. KG and Paul Pierce would be a good look for that squad. Again, sir, this is week 51, August 28, 2019, sir. Few facts about this day in history. Don Bakehead became the first black pitcher in Major League Baseball, 1947. 1939, first televised Major League game was shown a doubleheader between the Cincinnati Reds and the Brooklyn Dodgers. On this day, 1963, sir, any idea what happened? August 28th. 1963. I'm going to say in 1963, August 28th, was the uh, memorable I Have a Dream speech by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Exactly, sir. Exactly. 
And uh, yeah, remember those speeches that we heard time and time again. Congratulations, Dr. King, for leaving a legacy. Sir, my question for you is, uh, have we seen the best of Cam Newton? Oh, without question. The 15-1 and season is the best that you're going to get. I mean, from here on out, you're just kind of trying to get as close to that season as you possibly can. I mean, you know, 15-1 to the Super Bowl, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he win the MVP of the league that year? Um, I lost you, sir. My bad. There. What did he say? I said, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he won the MVP of the league that year. So I think that's kind of the gold standard for as high as Cam Newton's productivity is going to get. Um, how far he falls off? I don't think he falls off that far. I think he'll have kind of a you know, a Ben Roethlisberger kind of career where it will kind of, you know, flirt around those numbers a little bit, but it will always be serviceable. It will always be in that conversation between that top five and top ten um, for the next five years or so. But have we seen the absolute best of Cam Newton? Yeah, we have. Oh, wow. So he's on the backside. That's interesting. Okay. How long before we see Tread water. Tread water. I didn't say he was on the backside. I said he's treading water. Okay. How long before we see female kickers in the NFL, sir? I'm not 100% sure that we will ever see female kickers in the NFL. Um, I know that the Carly Lloyd drilling 55 yarders has got a lot of people excited, but there's a lot more to kicking field goals than just being able to kick far and accurate. There are formations. It is a physical sport, so I'm not quite sure we're ready for all that. That's a good answer, yes. I like um, Keenan Allen's response best uh, out of all the feedback I've seen about this. He says, yeah, what about when the kick gets blocked and then she's on defense? (laughs) What happens then? That would be pretty funny. Uh, fans, coming up this weekend, on to kick off Labor Day weekend, Voice of the Fans is having their inaugural fantasy football draft this weekend. For all of the banter and the jazz and the education that I've been flinging Cleveland's way, we have another avenue of monitoring my wins and me being able to claim defeat. We have another avenue of doing this. And this, we're doing this through Fantasy Football Challenge. We've invited 10 of our colleagues and friends to join us. And unfortunately for the other nine of them, including Cleveland, it's going to be week after week of embarrassment. When I think the team that I, I the team that I project drafting is probably gonna go undefeated in this league. That's the way we feel right now, just by the research we're doing in our draft room. 
we're serious about taking we're serious about this league and we're serious about taking a loss in this league. Cleveland, you want to talk to the people about uh, how you how your team is approaching this this draft? You know, this futile. Oh, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. It and fans, let me let me be one hundred percent completely frank about this. In the beginning, I was taking it as you know, kind of a you know a friendly competition. You know, we're just going to put our skills up against one another and, you know, see who comes out victorious. But over the last couple of days, it's just been ramped up on the other side. There's been a lot of trash talking. There's been a lot of uh, degrading of my uh, football expertise. Uh, You know, as you guys all well know, I am one of the greatest sports minds of the 21st century, so to have these kind of comments come at me is, is, is really kind of ludicrous and crazy, kind of out of nowhere, but I'm happy to have the opportunity and the platform to show to America, Brazil, Canada, the world, who is the better fantasy football player, myself or Cameron Buford. And it's going to be crazy. You know, originally, you know, I wasn't going to change my team name, but I am. It's going to, it's going to be young Sam Ross. And I'm just oh. going to, you know, I'm going to whip it on these, on these bulls, man. It's going to be crazy. And every week when we come in, it's just going to be a tutorial on how well my team did adverse the rest of the league. I'm glad that we have it. I, I, I wasn't expecting the pushback. I wasn't expecting kind of the, uh, you know, the jibber-jabber. But now that we have it, man, I'm all for it, 100%. 100% in. Well, you're in, buddy. And you and the rest of your buddies, your cronies, they can't save you here. You guys, can, I guess, can collab and trade amongst each other to try to designate a winner, designate somebody out of the one of six of you guys to – have the best team and try to take me down. But even that's not going to work. Oh, there's no need for any shade tree shenanigans, my friend. It's just going to be, wow, I have been called out in a way that I haven't been called out in quite some time. And, yeah, I am uh, definitely up to the challenge, my friend. Can't wait till uh, yeah, we get to you eating those SpaghettiOs again. Sounds like it might be the second can of SpaghettiOs you got to eat, my friend. Uh, Well, the first bowl... The first, oh. of, the, the first can of SpaghettiOs will be will be served to yourself uh, because as of this moment, your guy has yet to touch the field. So um, th- that's one thing. Another thing is you guys don't have a chance, bro. You, you guys simply don't have a chance. Yahoo League, have you won a, Have you won in the Yahoo playing Yahoo League before? Do you have any championship belts on, on, under your profile? It doesn't matter what my championship belt profile looks like. All that matters is the inaugural season of the Voice of the Fans uh, Fantasy Football League, and I am going to annihilate you, okay? I'm going to take the championship. I've already got uh, the jeweler making my biggie crown right now as we speak, okay? He's going to, uh, you know, engrave my name on it, Hopefully, you and then have you, and, and then yeah. you have you kiss all of the nodules at the top. 
to christen it before he gives it to me. Hopefully, you didn't spend too much money on that, but the, I, I can't. I can't Thirty-seven thousand four hundred eighteen dollars and sixteen cents. That, that's. I'll take that. I'll take that. I, I, I wear that proudly, but. Fans, we want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. This has been week 51 of Voice of the Fan Show. Cleveland it goes week after week. I want to thank Mr. Eric Williams for his time and consideration in joining us today. Cleveland, let the people know where they can find you, sir. They can find me at Clevy Wonder on Twitter, and they can find me at Euphoria Clothing on Instagram. All right, once again, fans, thank you guys for tuning in. Cube, let them know what's up. Thanks for your time, Chief. Have a good one, Cleveland. You too, bro. All right, later. Hey, man, thanks for making our voice your choice. You know how we do. I love you. I love you. Uh, the people at What's Good Sports want to, want to talk to you, talk to the fans, and make sure you guys tune into the website. Every Cleveland, have you seen the What's Good Sports website? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Lots of uh, positive stories and lots of great content. Um, the people they told me uh, personally, make sure you guys go visit the website. So please, when you get a chance after the show, check out the what's good in, what's good in sports.com website.